The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you feel like nothing you do is right in your relationship, head over to my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com. It's where I talk about those under-the-radar behaviors that so many people get away with. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I want to help you increase your emotional intelligence, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and give you the tools to show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right. Very happy that you are here listening to this show of all the things that you could be doing right now. Actually, you're probably doing something right now besides listening. But since you are listening to this show, I am grateful. Thank you for tuning in. For this first segment, I want to talk about the words that we use when we think we might be doing something wrong or something hurtful to someone. And we use the words, is it me or is it them? I don't know if you've said that before. Um, I don't know if I've said that before, but maybe I always thought it was them. (laughs) But when we think, is it me or is it them? I'm going to let a lot of people off the hook right now. If you're one of those types of people that reflect and ponder and think about what you could be doing wrong or think about how you could improve yourself in some way or how you could show up differently to someone, it's probably them. So if you have ever uttered the words, is it me or them? Am I doing something wrong here? It's probably them. It could be you, sure, but it's probably them. And the only reason I say that is because if they're not the introspective, pondering, reflective type, if they're not the type of person who feels empathetic and thinks that they're hurting you or doing something wrong or saying something wrong or being rude, if you never see them reflect on their own behavior, it's probably them. (laughs) I can't imagine that it would be you because they're not reflecting. They're just pushing along through life and just pushing people over and thinking those people better get out of my way. And I'm generalizing here. I'm not saying everyone that does this is mean or rude. And I'm not saying that it might not be you because it might be. It might be both of you. But if it's always you that's reflecting and pondering and just thinking about what you could do better or how you could show up as a better person or communicate things in a better way, it's probably them. So it's going to be a theme maybe throughout this episode where I talk about how the way someone shows up really determines where they are inside. Uh, I mean, as far as how they're thinking and who they're pointing the finger at, who they're accusing, who they're blaming, and who they will continue to blame. Because there are probably people in the world that you deal with that are always blaming you, are always thinking that you're the problem, And when that happens, you have somebody that's not going within, not being empathetic, not thinking about the well-being of someone else. When they don't ponder, when they don't reflect on their own behavior, I do wonder how many people can go through life without thinking about someone else. 
Now, it doesn't mean it can't happen in nanoseconds. You know, I've had times where I've said something and realized that was kind of mean. I probably shouldn't have said that. Fortunately, as you ponder this stuff and you think about what you say and you reflect on what you say, you can apologize right away. There's another clue. If they don't apologize right away for things or at all, it's probably them. <laughs> so there's my theme. There's my uh, my show. <laughs> there's my show today. If they're not pondering, reflecting, introspecting, it's probably them. And I think it's okay to think that way. It's a very big generalization and it is unfair to some people because sometimes it won't be. But it can be helpful to ask yourself, well, do they ever reflect? Do they ever ponder about things? Do they ever appear after an argument and say, you know, I was thinking about things and what I said was kind of mean and um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Do they ever do that? Because if they don't, what am I going to say? It's probably them. If they don't do anything like that, it's probably them. So this gives you sort of a guide when you think it might be you and none of that criteria applies to them. They're not pondering, reflecting, or apologizing. Then it's safe to assume it's probably them and it's safe to assume that you're doing the best you can with somebody who doesn't really want to try. Those are assumptions. <laughs> I said it's safe to assume they are assumptions. Of course, there are always exceptions. There are always people that are doing great and they're doing their best and they don't ponder and they don't reflect. They're just intrinsically moral and ethical and they get along with people. But this is the thing. They get along with people. Those intrinsically moral, ethical people will get along with other people because they care. Most moral, ethical people care because they care about you or at least other people. They may not care about you. <laughs> and if that's the case, that might be one of those exceptions. Maybe they're pondering, reflecting on their behaviors with other people, but maybe they don't do it with you. So there's one of those exceptions. Maybe you just rub them the wrong way. Maybe they can't forgive you for something you did 42 years ago. You're probably not that old. Uh, 32, 22 years ago, and uh, you've not been able to convince them otherwise that you know, you're sorry and you didn't mean it. Um, in fact, I know somebody in the Facebook group that said, you know, I hurt somebody's feelings many years ago and I apologized and they've hated me ever since. No, these aren't her words, but this is what I got from it. They've hated me ever since and I don't know what to do about it. They ignore me. They give me that look. I don't know what to do about it. And this is one of those circumstances that no matter what you say or do, there's nothing you can do. And I do wonder if that type of person is a reflective, pondering, introspective person. So that's a good question when you're dealing with anyone. Are they a pondering, reflective, introspective person? And if they're not, it's probably them. It's probably them. And if you're one of those people that don't ponder, reflect, or go inward and consider things, you are probably listening to the show for the first time and probably the last. <laughs> because this is what we do over here. We ponder, we reflect, we introspect, and we drill in to unhealed stuff from the past. We drill in to communication and behavior and figure out how to talk to people in the most productive, resourceful way. We figure out how we can improve our relationships with parents and friends and romantic partners. And we talk about anything that lingers inside. That's kind of how I look at things sometimes is, is it lingering? Is what you experienced when you were a kid still lingering in there? Is what you experienced yesterday still lingering in there? Do you have emotions that just won't go away? You know, the negative kind, not the fun, happy kind. I don't want to help you get rid of those. I want to help you heal from the negative ones that you don't want anymore or that make you feel anxious or cause you to feel down or depressed. I, I want to help you move through those so you don't need them. And it's a practical personal growth show too. We talk about very practical things here. I had an episode on how to deal with irrational people. 
maybe that'll coincide with this episode. <laughs> but I, I talked about that a long time ago. If you go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com, I have an article now. I don't know if it's still an episode, but I know it's an article called How to Deal with Irrational People. You just look up the word irrational in the search field and you'll find it. It's one of my most popular articles. If you go to Google and type in irrational people, it'll probably be near the top, so you'll find it that way too. But you'll find um, several techniques on how to deal with the irrational behaviors of others and the irrational nature of those people as well. Because some people, man, that's they're hard to deal with. They're hard to figure out, and sometimes you can't. One of the ways I try to figure people out uh, is something I do is entering their reality. I just talked about this on another episode somewhere, I forget, but I enter someone's reality so that I understand where they're coming from. So if they were raised by an abusive dad, I can enter into that reality and think, okay, how would I act? What would be my behaviors if I went around knowing that I wasn't worthy of love or at least believing I wasn't worthy of love and having never received a healthy masculine role model, what would that be like? What would that feel like? What would I do if I were that person? And so I try that on and pretend to be that person and then I can understand them better. Doesn't mean I let them get away with stuff. (laughs) It just helps me understand that person so that I know what I'm working with and how to communicate with them. Because sometimes people are going to show up in the worst way possible and you're not going to be able to reach them and you think there's nothing you can do. But often there is something you can do. So that's where I like to go is entering their reality and seeing through their eyes, their perceptions, so that I can understand them better. And that's difficult because, you know, we're trying to figure ourselves out still. We still got uh, stuff in our past that we may be dealing with or healing from. And sometimes it's not always easy to step into somebody else's shoes. So there's some random thoughts for that segment. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the concept of is it me or them when I read you an email that uh, asks that very question. Thanks again for joining me. We'll be right back after this. this may come as a surprise to you, but this is the very last episode before we go on vacation. (laughs) So my girlfriend and I are going on vacation up north. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, what can I bring? I can bring my books. I'm definitely going to bring my laptop. And I'm definitely going to bring my phone. Maybe that's all I need, you know, besides the usual clothes and things. But I thought, wait a minute, I've got my little game Best Fiends on my phone. And I thought, of course, when I'm sitting there waiting for my family to finish cooking the barbecue for me, (laughs) I'm going to play Best Fiends. If you haven't heard me talk about this before, it is a puzzle game with thousands of fun puzzles to solve. And uh, there's something new every day. No matter how far I get, there's always more to do, which makes me happy because it just keeps my mind engaged. You know, when I'm not swimming in the lake or reading on vacation or talking to my girlfriend, talking to my family, all the important stuff. There are in-between times that I'll be back in our room and I'll be relaxing and I'll be tired and I'll be looking for something to do to take my mind off things. And that's Best Fiends. That is like Best Friends, but without the R, Best Fiends. You can download it for free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. And it is a five-star rated puzzle game that you're gonna love. It takes 30 minutes and makes it feel like 30 seconds. And it's, like I said, it's totally free to download. So there's really no reason not to, just to try it, give it a shot. There are always updates to the game, so it never gets tired, it never gets old. And there's always new events and challenges and new characters and worlds. And like I said, it's a puzzle game. You just solve puzzles, and they're called Best Fiends for a reason, because they're just little cute characters that you team up with and they keep you on your toes. And I think if you give it a try, you'll probably be playing it as much as I am, if not more. You probably won't play it more than I will on vacation because this is 
my time. This is my leisure time, and I'm going to take advantage of it. And this is one of the ways to take advantage of it. Download Best Fiends for free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Welcome back. Is it you or is it them? Let's find out. I got an email here I'm going to read. Person wrote, I am going through a separation and had to move in with my parents with my kids. I resisted at first, but financially it was a good decision until my money situation improves. It's been a few months now and my mom and I are at each other's throats. I told her I feel she is constantly inserting herself in my day-to-day affairs with my children. She's not inserting herself to have fun with us and to make memories. She's doing so by giving unsolicited advice that I didn't ask for or putting me down. I told her I don't like it when she does this. For one, it's interrupting whatever I'm doing with my kids, making it harder for me to stay engaged. I also find she gets frustrated with me if I'm talking with my kids, but she wants to speak with me. I try to make my kids know I'm listening to them and I am a point of support. I have felt unwelcome from day one. I know it's my mom's home, but I have children to think of, and I feel that she has this need or desire to put herself first or constantly judge and criticize. When I explain, I feel judged, she says, oh, please, you feel judged. I bite my tongue all day. Okay, I'm not a perfect person. I have two little kids I'm chasing after. Things get messy, but the way she acts toward me is like I'm a degenerate of some kind. I think my only answer is to save my money, get my kids, and run. I feel so exposed and constantly on the defense waiting for her next complaint. I often ask myself, is it her or me? Maybe all these things I'm doing are inconsiderate. Then I go to the opposite side, saying I'm not okay with how she treats me or what she asks of me, and regardless if it's her home or not, there's something called respect. I'm sad and I cry every day. I know I should focus on the good because I'm lucky in so many aspects of my life, but how do I get through this and heal? All right, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for expressing it here because it does sound very frustrating, and uh, there are a few variables here that you are dealing with. One, welcome home. (laughs) Welcome home to your mom's or your parents' house where you are definitely under someone else's roof that makes their rules but is treating you like a child. And when you are under somebody else's roof, yes, you're going to face this. You're going to have to acknowledge and accept that they are who they are. And there's a couple things that you said, but I want to address one thing right off. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in here, but one thing right off, you said that she said to you, oh, please, you feel judged. I bite my tongue all day. Remember what I said in the last segment, and I probably don't even have to say this. You probably already know what I'm going to say, but in case you don't, you told her that you feel criticized, you feel judged, and instead of her reflecting, pondering, introspecting, she just lashed right out at you, and no apology either. And if she does that often, then is it you or her? It's probably her. Because she's not inflecting. She's not going inward. So what that means is you are dealing with somebody who is who they are. And this is the person that you have to deal with. And maybe you didn't notice it when you were a kid. Or maybe you did. Or maybe it was a different situation. But now she probably feels like she's in control because you're in her house. And you have to go by her rules. So there's this part. This is where I want you to assume that it is her. And I could be wrong. Maybe it's both of you. It may not be her. It may be both of you. But I'm just going to assume it's her. So I would ask you to assume that's her. The reason I'm telling you this is because I want to take that question out of your mind. That doesn't really help your situation at all. But I want to make sure that you're not uh, gaslighting yourself. You're not confusing yourself into submitting or admitting something that isn't true. Is it me? Is it her? No, it's probably her. So now we have somebody that doesn't apologize when you tell them how they're hurting you. Now, that could be another approach. Hey, you know, when you criticize me, it hurts me. So this is where we can start to address specific things that you want to change. 
And if you've listened, I think you said this in the beginning of your email, which I didn't read. In the beginning, you said you started listening to Love and Abuse, my other podcast. And you've probably heard me talk about this before, but when someone's hurting you, you want to say, hey, when you do that or say that, it hurts me. You want those words or something very close to those words out so that they know their behavior and their actions are hurtful. And it sounds like she might respond to that as, oh, I'm hurting you. You hurt me all the time. She might say that. Expect that. Expect that from someone like this. So if that is her response, then you address it and say, you know what? I I might be doing that, so I want to talk about that too. But let's talk about this first. When you say that, it hurts me. And see what she says. Because what you're doing is taking responsibility that, yeah, you might be doing things that hurt her too. So now you're acknowledging it and you're willing to talk about it, but you need to bring the focus back to you and how she's hurting you. Yes, you're right. I might be doing that and I'm sorry. So let's talk about that too. But right now, I really want you to know that when you say that, it hurts me. And so the follow-up to that is to say, will you please stop doing that? It's a simple question with maybe a difficult execution and maybe an impossible task for the person you're asking to do this. What you're doing or saying is hurting me. Will you please stop? That's all you're looking for. You're just looking for an easy yes or no. It doesn't even have to be an apology. You're just looking for some sort of compliance or something that acknowledges that they won't do it anymore. Very likely she won't very likely she probably won't acknowledge it. But I'm hoping she does because I'm hoping I'm wrong about my assumption about her. I'm hoping that maybe she does have a heart and she doesn't realize how harsh she's being. And when you say that it actually hurts you and hurts your feelings, regardless of what she says after that, oh, you hurt my feelings too. She might say that too, but you know what to say. You might be right. I might be doing that. And we need to talk about that too. But let's talk about this first and then we'll talk about that. So I just want you to know that you're hurting me. So I'm asking you, will you please stop? And hopefully that goes somewhere, but it may not. But what you're doing is at least addressing it directly. And you get to find out if she's going to stop or not. So that's one way to address someone like this. Now, because you're in her home, There is that feeling of being stuck with no options and you're not sure which direction to go because she's providing a roof. But like you said at the end, there is this thing called respect. I agree. You know what? I'm in your home and I'm grateful. And at the same time, I deserve to be treated with respect because before I got here, I was in a very difficult relationship and I still managed to take care of my kids. And now I'm here and I can still manage to take care of my kids without you telling me how to take care of my kids. And I am asking you not to interfere when I'm talking to my kids or disciplining my kids because I am their mother and I will take care of them until they're old enough to leave the nest. And she might say, well, you're doing everything wrong. And then you can just go, that may be true. I want you to get used to saying that. That may be true. That's your go-to answer. That may be true. This helps you squash resistance. When you partially agree that they might be right about something or something they're saying might be true, it lets them know that you will look at it, that you will think about it, you will ponder, you will reflect, and you will come to a decision if you need to, to change your behavior or continue your behavior. So you will think about that. But right now, this is how things are, and this is the way I'm disciplining my kids, or this is the way I'm talking to my kids. And you can follow up and say, when you talk down to me in front of my kids, it makes them think badly of you. So this is something that you might throw at her. Instead of saying, hey, don't do that to me because it hurts me. I mean, you still say that, but you follow it up with how she is showing up in a way that her grandchildren might think badly of her. And what this does is make her more self-conscious because she probably doesn't want to look bad in front of her grandchildren. She probably won't believe that anyway. But what you're doing is you're trying to show her that you want her to look good 
in front of her grandchildren and show up as a wonderful and loving grandmother, but when they see that their grandmother is not being loving toward their own mom, they may see a side of their grandmother that makes them feel a little bit negative toward her. I don't know if that's true or not, but what I'm trying to convey to you is that because of maybe the way she is, you telling her to stop treating you in a certain way may not work because she may think that she has free reign to do that. And she may think she has free reign to act this way anyway. So none of this may work. But I'm giving you some practical steps to take when you address this stuff because the way you told me you're addressing it may not be effective. You said you don't like it when she does it. You said it's interrupting with what you're doing and making it harder for you and your kids to stay engaged. I didn't hear anything where you said you have to stop or else. <laughs> I'm not saying what that or else is, but you are already thinking about you know saving your money and getting out of there. Maybe there has to be an ultimatum. I mean, sometimes people need the ultimatum to understand that you are serious and just because you're the daughter doesn't mean she's your responsibility anymore even though you're under her roof and yes we have to include this in the or else statement because you could say you need to stop disrespecting me or disciplining me or putting me down in front of my children especially or else and she's going to say or else what or else I'm going to have to distance myself from your behavior because if you're making their mom feel bad that's going to rub off on them. I know I'm saying a lot of things that you probably don't want to say to your mom, and I'm not saying that you have to say any of this stuff, but when I get messages like this, I put myself in your shoes, and I think of my mom doing this to me, and if I had kids and I had to move back, and she was doing this stuff to me, I would say, Mom, if you don't stop disrespecting me, especially in front of my kids, I'm going to have to save my money and leave. And then I don't know how often I can see you, but right now we have the best of all worlds. We can see each other. We can play games together. We can, you know, do stuff with the kids. But all you're doing is being hurtful toward me and insulting me and putting me down in front of my kids. And I won't stand for it anymore. I won't. And my mom, if she were like your mom, might say, well, I can't believe you said that. I'm giving you everything and you're just saying all this stuff to me and I can't believe how ungrateful you are. You're just being mean. You know, she might say all this and you might say, look, mom, I'm ready to have a wonderful relationship with you, but you've got to stop making me feel bad and trying to make me feel guilty because I want to create the best scenario for all of us. But if you're always going to go down the road of insulting me and putting me down in front of my kids and trying to make me feel guilty and telling me I'm doing a bad job, then maybe it's best if I'm not here anymore and I will do my best to get out as soon as possible because it sounds like that's what you want. So I know I'm giving you some quite harsh stuff and approaching this in a very direct way instead of giving you the softer tools that I would normally give. And, you know, the first one is a, a softer one. You know, you're hurting me. Will you please stop? But the harder one of, hey, you know, you might not see your grandkids as much. That's harsh. And that's almost manipulative because you don't really want to throw that at her. But at the same time, she's throwing so much at you that it's hard for you to be a good mom if your mom is putting you down and insulting you and offending you and hurting you. It's hard for you to be a good mom. So this is the point where you may have to take a stand for yourself and for your kids in order to give them the best mom possible. You might have to put a stop to things. That's just one little suggestion. You don't have to follow anything I just said. I'm just putting myself in your shoes and realizing I would have to put my foot down. And I would also think, okay, you know what? I got to make sure I'm paying rent here because I want to act more like a roommate instead of a daughter. And you may not be in a position to do that, but I'm again, I'm just putting myself in your shoes. I would rather pay for the room so I can treat it as a contractual arrangement instead of a family arrangement or a family obligation. And maybe what I've said so far is enough to stop her behavior, or maybe it makes it worse. It could get worse. This is the hard part about dealing with certain people and the entitlement they may think they have if she feels that way. You know, I'm making some guesses about your mom, so forgive me if this is all wrong or some of it's wrong. 
I'm just trying to cover a lot of angles here, but this is how I see things from the way you wrote. So now let me just reread the last part of your email and see if I kind of covered where I was going. Uh, I think if I want to save money and get it. I often ask myself, is it her or me? Probably her. Maybe all of these things I'm doing are inconsiderate. So you wrote that. And, you know, let's let's just put that on the table. This is where you want to put stuff on the table and let her know about what you think might be your behavior that needs to be addressed. So this might be a couple things that you address inside yourself where you say, you know what, when I did this or when I said this, it was hurtful and I'm sorry about that. I just want to let you know I am sorry about that. Now what this does is show her, if you're willing to do this, it shows her that you're willing to be vulnerable with her even though she has been the way she is. When you're vulnerable with somebody, this is their opportunity to be vulnerable back. It's just like whenever my girlfriend and I get into a heated discussion or it turns into an argument, if she says something or I say something that makes sense and is true, we are both willing to step into vulnerability and say, oh, yes, what you just said is correct. I did think that or I did interpret it that way or I did say that and that was wrong and I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. We're both willing to do that. And when one of us does it, the other one's forward, aggressive, sometimes energy goes away. Their forward, aggressive, or angry, or upset energy of some sort uh, is no longer going in the other person's direction. It fades away. And when that happens, everything starts to dissolve and settle and calm down. And when we're in that space, then we're better because one of us stepped into vulnerability. So this is the same idea is being willing to be the first one to step into it because she probably won't, I'm going to assume. And if you are able to step into that vulnerability just to take a chance and find out if she does the same thing, you'll get to find out if that's a good direction. This is a risky test, actually, because you could say something like, you know, since the separation, it's been very difficult for me, and I just thought I could come here, and I thought we'd get along great, but I think I've said some things that are hurtful to you, and I've probably made your life harder because having people move into your house when you've been either living on your own, I don't know if she lives with somebody, but living on your own for so long, I didn't realize how difficult it was for you. And I just want to apologize about that and thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. So you may have already thanked her, but you're also apologizing. You're also putting yourself out there, handing over your heart, taking all of your emotional armor off and showing her that you are willing to bear it all in front of her to find out if she's going to attack you, thank you, back off, or be vulnerable too. It could be a number of things, but that's an opportunity to find out what she does. Hopefully, she says, I've been harsh too, and I'm so sorry. I I really care about you and your kids, and I just feel overprotective sometimes, and I'm so sorry I did all this, and I'm so glad you're here. Um, Let's try to work things out. That would be a great, healthy response. My gut feeling is you're probably not going to get that, but maybe, maybe you'll get a part of it. That would be wonderful too. And if you do, then you know that when you're willing to back down, to get off your soapbox, if you're ever on your soapbox, and get into a space of vulnerability with her, that she will also do the same thing. And this is very helpful for anyone that you butt heads with. If you're always butting heads, then just saying, you know what, I've said some harsh things, and I think that was wrong. I'm sorry. It was disrespectful, and I should not have been disrespectful. I'm very sorry I said those things. And you'll find out if the other person can do that too. They may not. She may not. Your mom may not back down. She may not get into vulnerability. She may say, well, yeah, you're always rough on me. You're always disrespectful. And you know, at that point, you don't want to say, well, you don't have to be a jerk about it. (laughs) You don't want to say that. You just want to find out where she goes with it. Because you are putting your bare heart right in her hands being open and vulnerable, the most exposed way to be with somebody that you know could attack you at any moment. 
It's a test and it should be authentic too. I really think you should dig in and figure out if you were her, what your challenges would be too. I know that when somebody moved into, when I was married, somebody moved into our place for a couple months. Great guy. I love him. And at the same time, it's a third person in the house. You don't know the challenges of that until you're faced with it. So it it could be something like that. Maybe she's a perfectionist and she doesn't want to change anything. And having you in the house is a very difficult thing for her to do. Who knows? But you put yourself in her shoes and you pretend to be her. And then you think about if you were her, you know, you reflect, you ponder, and you come up with all the reasons it would be a bother to have you there and it would be difficult to have you there and you're seeing the way she raises her kids and you disagree with it so you say things and maybe you're still disgruntled from your marriage or from some bad relationship you had or your upbringing all kinds of things that can happen when you change your perception and uh, do what they call an NLP changing your perceptual position when you change your perceptual position You are perceiving from another person's eyes or another perspective. Like um, you can see through your mom's eyes or you can see through your child's eyes looking at your mom looking at you. You can see from the ceiling looking down at all of you. What does the conversation look like then? And, you know, you have all these different positions that you can view a conversation or interaction and make a decision or even a judgment about it to figure out how others are perceiving it. And that gives you some interesting information as well. So I gave you some possible suggestions or tips. I don't know if I would call it advice, but there are certainly some directions you can take with this. I like to be less ambiguous, less vague when it comes to someone else's bad behavior. When you said, hey, I don't like it when you do that, that's a lot different than saying, please don't do that again. There's a whole different feeling there. There's a whole different meaning. You said she gives you unsolicited advice. That one's fairly easy sometimes with certain people where you can say, thank you for letting me know. I will think about that. And if she pushes and says, well, you should think about it right now and you should do it right now. It's okay to say, look, I need time to think about this. You have raised your kids in a certain way. I'm one of them. And some of the things I agree with and some of them I don't. And as a mom, I'm figuring this out as I go as well. So I need to be a mom and reflect on everything that I learn, including your advice. So thank you for letting me know. I will definitely think about it. And it's not going to be easy because some of this is going to be countered with her feelings, her attitude, everything that she's thinking. So that'll be difficult as well. And of course, you're under her roof which may mean that she feels like she can do anything she wants. And sometimes you might have to say something at the risk of losing a place to live. And I'm not giving you that advice. I'm not saying that you should take it. I'm just saying that sometimes people need to know that you refuse to be treated in a certain way. So for me, again, this comes back to more direct, more absolute, more letting someone know that that kind of behavior is unacceptable, whether you live with them or not, And everything I'm saying, yes, could get you kicked out. I don't know your mom. I hope she's not like that. I'm hoping that she cares enough about at least her grandkids so that she doesn't kick you out on the street. But only you know this, or maybe you don't, and I'm not telling you to risk anything, but I do think it's okay to be direct. Hey, please stop doing that. That is a direct comment. Please stop. And she continues, no, please, I want you to stop doing it. Will you stop doing it? Every time you do it, it hurts me. Will you please stop? Knowing that it hurts me, will you please stop? This is all about honoring your values and honoring your boundaries. And when people love you, they honor you honoring yourself. They love you loving yourself. They support who you are and who you're being, even if they disagree with it. This is all about caring about somebody even when you disagree with them, even when you know they're doing things that you wouldn't do. That might be difficult to convey to your mom, but this is probably the best direction I have for you. I hope it helps. I know it's difficult. The good news is this isn't a forever thing. And the worst case scenario, this is a huge incentive to save your money, get out of her house, and find your own place. And it may have to be a little while longer, but this reminds me of 
being in a job that you hate, but you know you're going to quit. <laughs> you can be in a job that you hate and it sucks being there, but you know you're going to quit. So there's that feeling of closure coming up. There's a feeling of being out of this situation soon enough, but you might have to take the proverbial punches until you're out of there, but the incentive is strong. So I don't know if any of this helps, but I wanted to let you know my perspective, my insights into all this, just in case you feel like something that I said might work. I wish you the best, and I wish you much healing and strength as you go through this. Thanks so much for writing. Thanks for joining me for another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. We'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank Best Fiends. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download Best Fiends for free today. It's a great mobile game. I think you'll love it. And I want to thank the patrons of the week. The patrons are Anita, John, John's new. Thank you for your support, John. Really great to have you here. Chris, James, Wanda, you're new too. I think we have a couple new here. Wanda, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for joining the patron program. Kathleen, Fuang, Andrea, Anna, Trisha, Christy, Lila, Monica, Lorita, Adriana, and Julia. I appreciate all of you, and thank you so much for your contribution. And, of course, Walter. Walter donated. Thank you, Walter. I recognize all your names except the new ones, and I'm so glad to see you too as well. And, Walter, thank you for your donation. Very generous, all of you. These are the financial backers of the show. I read the different names every week that are in the what I call the patron program. And they found value in the show, so they like to give back. And we need it. <laughs> we take it and we use it to continue running the show, to pay for the hosting, to pay for the host, too. <laughs> and so I am so grateful for this, and it warms my heart. Thank you all for donating and for your patronage. And if you find value in the show and you'd like to give back, Head over to moretob.com, and you can give single or monthly. And, of course, if you become a patron, you get some extras over there in the patron program that I think you'll really appreciate. Check it out over at moretob.com. And I want to mention again the Love and Abuse podcast over at loveandabuse.com. If you're in a manipulative relationship or you have a manipulative mother, <laughs> you're going to appreciate that program because it tells you how to deal with it. I talk about behavior and manipulation over here as well, but I really dive into all kinds of stuff over there, over at loveandabuse.com. Hopefully you'll check it out. And if you are that mother that I talked about today in some way, shape, or form, head over to healedbeing.com. If you feel like that perhaps you are difficult or hurtful or emotionally abusive and you want to change that about yourself, the Healed Being program may be right for you. Check it out at healedbeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final words, um, there was something in that email I read in the last segment that I wanted to emphasize here. She said that she was constantly on the defense. She was constantly defending herself. I want you to change that. When you are constantly defending yourself, you're giving your power away. If you feel like you have to defend yourself all the time, that's exactly where they want you, typically. This is what happens. Some people know that you're going to spend all your time defending yourself, so they keep you in that space because they know it's a powerless state. I actually have an episode of Love and Abuse that talks about this. When you're constantly defending yourself. I think that's the title of it. When you're constantly defending yourself, you are in a powerless state. So how do you get past it? How do you do that? This is something I learned. I told this story a couple times on this show. My girlfriend was calling me an idiot or something many, many years ago, near the first couple years of our relationship. She said, you're just an idiot. You know, you're so stupid. Why, why did you do that? And... She was serious, and we were in the middle of a serious conversation, or maybe it was turning into a heated argument. I don't know. But I just started laughing. And she goes, what are you laughing about? And I said, you know, I'm laughing because you called me an idiot, and it's funny because 
in order to be offended by that, I'd have to believe you. <laughs> so she stopped and she said, what do you mean? I said, I know I'm not an idiot. So what you're saying doesn't affect me. It doesn't hurt my feelings. And she, I think she laughed too. And then we had a good chuckle together and it went away. I said, in order for me to be offended by that, I'd have to believe it. And I don't. I know it's not true. So it doesn't bother me. And again, we laughed about it and we talked about it. But from that point on, I realized, wow, I think what happens is there's a small part of us that believes what they're saying. I mean, there's also the part that we wish somebody that loved us wouldn't want to say things that are hurtful to us. But we have to check in with our self-esteem and our self-worth and make sure that there's not a small or big part of us that actually believes some of what they're saying. So if this person's mom said, you don't know how to raise kids, you're a terrible mom, she might have that little belief inside of her that maybe she's not as good of a mom that she thinks she is. I can even back that up by repeating what she said. Maybe all of these things I'm doing are inconsiderate. So she already has these little beliefs in there that are putting herself down. And my advice is just to own your greatness. I mean, that is so motivational. I'm not the motivational guy, not typically. But I want you to own your greatness. That means you own that you are doing the best you can. And if you could do any better, you would. So you're exactly where you need to be. And just because you could do better doesn't mean you aren't great. It doesn't mean that you aren't better than other people at what you're doing. It just means you're learning as you go, just like the rest of us. We're all learning as we go. I teach stuff all the time. I've been teaching this for a good 15 years beyond the podcast when I was coaching previous to this and including while I was doing the podcast. I've been a coach for a long time and I've been teaching this stuff for a long time and still I'm learning as I go. I'm learning everything I can. I'm still learning new things. That's how it is. So... I have to own what I know and feel good about what I know, especially around toxic people. Because as soon as a toxic person comes into my life and they start saying, well, you're an idiot and I can't believe you're teaching this stuff or I can't believe you're a bad person or whatever they say. I can't even come up with what they're saying. They might be much more hurtful than that for sure. But they'll say something like that and you have to know yourself so well that A, you know their comments are coming from a toxic or hurt place inside of them, and B, often what they're saying is a reflection of how they feel about themselves, and C, own your path, own your decisions, own what you're doing in your life, and say, I got it covered. I got it covered. I know how to take care of this. I know what I'm doing. And if I fail, I fail. I'll learn. It's okay. You don't have to tell me what to do. You don't have to give me advice. I'm going to do the best I know how to do, and I'm going to keep doing it that way because that's how I learn and I continue learning. And I'll always consider what you have to say, but I'm always going to do it my way. You just own it. So nobody can put you down because you own it. I might be wrong someday, and I might fail, just like you've probably been wrong in your life too. And they might say, well, I don't want you to be wrong, and I'm making sure that you're never wrong. And then you can say, well, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. No one's perfect and people will make mistakes just like you sometimes make mistakes, especially when you are being disrespectful when you should be loving and caring. (laughs) I just threw that in there. I'm not saying you have to say that. But the idea is to own your path, own your decisions, own your mistakes. Say, yeah, I made mistakes. Yeah, you point them out all the time. I know. I made those mistakes and I learned from them and I'll make mistakes again. It's going to happen. I'm sorry that you want to make me perfect, but I can't be. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to raise my kids in a loving way, or I'm going to do my job in a great way. I'm going to do what I can the best way I can, and that's all I can do. So I'm sorry if that doesn't jive with you. I'm sorry if you aren't on board with it. I'm sorry if you don't agree with it, but that's just the way it is, and that's it. You just own it, so you don't have to defend yourself. If you spend your time defending yourself, you waste your energy instead of utilizing your energy on other things that are more important. To this woman who wrote, if your kids are more important than your mom at this moment, then wasting your time defending yourself takes the energy away from them. And 
That's a low blow. <laughs> I don't mean to give you that low blow. It's not really what I meant, actually. But it sort of is. I, I really want you to save your energy for them. And just stop. Just stop defending yourself. You know what, Mom? I'm not going to defend myself because no matter what I do, you're not going to like it. I'm not saying you should say that. I'm just saying don't bother defending yourself because you're not going to convince her. In fact, why don't you think about all the times you defended yourself? Have you ever convinced her? If you say yes once in 1982, that won't count <laughs> because she must have had an off day. <laughs> so I want you to stop defending yourself. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of your decisions. Be proud of yourself. You've taken a lot of tough steps. You are separated. You had to get away from somebody that wasn't treating you well. I didn't read that in the email, but you told me that as well. And now you're in an even more difficult situation and you got to keep it together because you need to be there for your kids because they're important to you and you especially need to be there for yourself. You need to keep your strength, keep your power so that you can be the best damn mom your kids know. And your kids need to know that you're going to stand up for yourself because that's how they learn to stand up for themselves. Your kids need to know that when somebody offends or insults you or disrespects you, you're not going to stand for it. You're not going to let them know that it's okay to accept that behavior by acting like the role model they need so that they can learn. And don't listen to anything I'm saying because I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kids. This is your journey. This is your path. I just don't want to see you without power. I want you to keep your power and anything that keeps you defending yourself and keeps you trying to convince your mom of anything is a waste of time. So just own it. You know, mom, these are the decisions I make. If you don't like them, I'm sorry. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. You don't even have to apologize, but I might just to throw that little softener in there. I'm sorry, but this is the way I am. So this may or may not be helpful, but I do hope the situation changes and you start feeling good in yourself, about yourself, about what you've accomplished knowing that you made decisions that were hard and here you are you're still here your kids are here and you're doing the best you can and no one can ask for anything more than that and if you're still wondering if there are other ways to deal with this just remember to keep an open mind this is how you can step into your power so that you can create the life you want always take steps to grow and evolve you are powerful beyond measure and above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. <laughs>